0: morning, BuckNutters. Welcome to the BuckNuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 29th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, let's start with Cam Martinez. Uh, as you said all along, you know, with him putting off his signing uh, during the early signing period, he was the only one of Ohio State's commits that did not sign. You said it was... He was just being prudent. You know. He was you know, kind of doing his due process um, just because he was very close with Jeff Halfley. He wanted to know who the new DB coach was going to be. And well before it was announced that it was Kerry Combs, he knew it was Kerry Combs. But yesterday, no surprise here, but yesterday finally Cam Martinez made it official that uh, he is definitely going to sign with the Buckeyes one week from today uh, during the late signing period. Um, just your thoughts on Cam Martinez being part of this class and how he handled this whole thing.
1: Well, I've said from the start, this is what I expected to happen. The kid wanted to know who his coach was going to be. He was not willing to bet his future on promises of butterflies and ice cream and wanted the tangible fact of who's my coach going to be. And they followed through exactly with their word. They hired the guy they've been telling him behind the scenes they were going to hire for months. And then Kerry Combs went up and visited. And we know how Kerry Combs recruits in that state. He plants flags and he brings home prizes. And end of the day, he's a Buckeye. This is exactly what I expected to see play out. And it's just the kid being smart. And I know, I, I've said this probably 10 times already, but I'll say it in an 11th. If this was your kid, you'd have probably wanted him to do the same thing. Right? Like, take the Ohio State emotion out of it. Take the complete lack of understanding for anybody who wouldn't want to crawl over broken glass to play football at Ohio State and look at it at, from a parent's point of view you want your child to know who they're playing for and they don't know who the position coach is and you got Pat Fitzgerald saying, look we got a great education right down the road here man and we're going to use him in all kinds of different ways you want to make sure that you're being told the truth by all parties because you've seen plenty of stories in recruiting like half the kids who transfer from Michigan who believe that they aren't being told the truth So Ohio State just tangibly showed to Cam Martinez that they've been telling him the truth the whole time. They followed through on their word, and now the kid is officially 100% in the fold because he knows who his coach is. He knows he can trust Ryan Day and company, and he trusts that they're going to develop him the way that they said they plan on. So this is a big recruiting victory for Ohio State, not because they necessarily landed a kid that everybody else wanted or They got a kid to recommit after delaying his signing. It's a big recruiting victory because Ohio State can point to this in future cycles and go, we told Cam Martinez, hey, this is what we're planning on doing. We're totally comfortable with you taking your time to make the right choice for you because we're confident that we're the right place for you. And all these other recruits are going to have this pointed to them now. So this is a big win for OSU, far beyond the yay we landed a pretty good recruit. And by the way, it's just another sign of what happens when Kerry Combs runs back to Columbus. Hello, I'm here. I have NFL playoff experience, and I've recruited pretty much everybody decent under the sun. You can say hello to all of our uh, future recruiting only being better and better and better. So this is good news for OSU. It's great news for OSU.
0: Yeah, I really like the kid, and he's so versatile. The story is still to be written on uh, what position he'll play. I'm sure they're going to let him move around and and figure out where he – best fits, but I just really like that Cam Martinez is going to be a part of this class. Two-time player of the year in the state of Michigan, so come on down. Um, speaking of recruiting, the final 24-7 sports rankings for the 2020 class were released yesterday. Some Buckeyes moved up, some moved down, some stayed right where they were previously at pretty much. Um, just some highlights, Jackson Smith continues to move up. He's, he's now a five-star. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, he's, I mean, you have two five-star receivers in this class with Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith, and obviously Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle being the other five-star. C.J. Stroud continues his meteoric rise backs. he's, not, I mean, he's a high, high, high four-star, knocking on the door to be a five, the number two pro-style quarterback in the country, number 41 overall player in the country. C.J. Stroud was a three-star prospect not all that long ago. Um, good to see Mitchell Melton. He's a guy that I know you really like, I really like. Good to see Mitchell Melton get his fourth-star. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, some guys moved down. I mean, Luke Weipler's still a a four-star guy, but he moved down quite a bit in the 24-7 sports rankings. Cody Simon moved up a lot. Just some of your thoughts on the the movers and shakers in the 24-7 sports final rankings for 2020.
1: Well, I think this is a very good recognition for Jackson Smith. He's been all over the place in these camps. Uh, You know, honestly, I'm surprised that you have a second kid with a five-star among those receivers. You could have easily had three of them. Let's be real honest. I mean, Keith Scott's not that far off. So I I think that's well-deserved. You know, there's going to be kids that move up and move down. I feel like every time we go through this cycle, uh, especially going back in the day, like if you're one of the more old-school buck Bucknutters, you remember when we were at Independence, we didn't have somewhere like 24-7 that actually did a pretty fair job with their rankings, and we were kind of holding to watching everybody else's rankings, and it felt like every time they adjusted these rankings late in the season like this, all the OSU commits would drop 15 to 20 spots. So it's nice to see that there's being some fairness as to kids moving up and down from OSU. That's just that's just my observation as being not an old-timer, but at least having been around the scene for a little while watching this. And I think in the end of the day, there's some kids who, if you look at some of the other services, for example, there are some kids who dropped significantly more. Uh, Lathan Ransom from the Joke ESPN ratings dropped like 100 spots, which I don't get that at all. But I I think at the end of the day, these adjustments are going to happen down the stretch, but it's really good to see some of these kids that OSU is recruiting that maybe early on weren't as highly thought of after all the film rolls in moving up. Remember Zeke Elliott when OSU started recruiting him? He was a three-star kid. By the time his recruitment was done, he was a top five tailback. The ability to identify these kids early, long before the recruiting services do, long before the lazy people who can click on a, a list of top 10 running backs and say, I want to chase these kids. OSU's out there pounding the turf and finding out who the best kids are through the old school scouting methods. CJ Stroud's a great example of this. You think that if a year ago CJ Stroud had been a high four star recruit, he'd have been available as late as he was in the process? Everybody in America, uh, you know, took him a little while to figure out how good he was. OSU was kind of on him a little bit earlier than everyone. And now he's the highest rated recruit in the class. He was going to be our, just, we needed a second quarterback kid. Well, he might end up being the quarterback out of this class when it's all said and done. Which is it, which is kind of ironic, but it's also a testament to OSU staff paying attention to the quality of kids. Melton's another one who's been committed for forever. And I remember watching his film the first time and thinking, man, he seems low rated to me. I know we've had that discussion here on the show before. These kids are developing up from their initial recruiting rankings, and I think that's a sign of OSU staff continuing to be able to identify top-tier prospects early before they quote blow up. And that's a really good sign for the longevity of a staff whenever they can recognize these kids long before the internet figures out who a lot of them are. Anybody knows who Jack Sawyer is, right? Anybody knows who who the uh, Paris Johnson is, right? It's figuring out who, which of the three stars are busts or would have been two stars back in the day whenever they were a little more severe about the three star, two star line. And who's the last two star recruit you saw, right? But now you have to figure out which three stars are three stars that are going to turn into Darren Lee and which three stars are going to turn into somebody you don't remember.
0: Great point. It really does show how excellent of a job they're doing as far as scouting. I mean, C.J. Stroud's a perfect example. Mitchell Melton, you know, those guys you mentioned are perfect examples of guys that OSU's coaches knew before anybody else how good they were. Maybe they're the parents and the coaches from of those young men knew, but, you know, as far as recruiting rankings or, you know, other colleges, other major programs, Ohio State, yeah, as you mentioned, they're going to get some of the guys that everybody knows is really good. Um, But finding those guys that are three stars that become high four stars, I mean, that's what it's all about. And, uh... And not just the stars, obviously, but how they produce on the field. But I think C.J. Stroud, man, I'm on record right now. I think he will be Ohio State's starting quarterback in 2021 as a sophomore. But I think they are going to get him out there. Um, he'll play more, in more than four games, in my opinion, as a true freshman. Um, he'll be the backup. He'll beat out Gunnar Hoke, in my opinion. He'll beat out Jack Miller. And then 2021, I do think C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, just a couple other things we'll get you out of here. Um, I did a story yesterday. Um, this is according to a pretty good source, Ryan Day, is saying uh, that Kevin Wilson is going to have a bigger role in calling the offense this year. And um, yeah, I found that pretty interesting. The offense is humming pretty well, but obviously you know, Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day have worked well together from day one, and they continue to work well together. Sounds like Kevin Wilson already was big-time involved in everything the offense did. Sounds like he might be calling some of the plays this year, back. So What do you make out of that?
1: Well, I think there's going to be a natural change of things when you go from Mike Yurcich to Corey Dennis at the quarterback coach position. Let's let's face it, Yurcich was a guy who, there was some talk about him being the guy who took over some play calling so Ryan Day could focus on the entire team on game days. So I'm not surprised that our good friend Ron Wilson is uh, getting the opportunity to uh, call these plays. And let's not forget this. And I I think some people do. And I know you don't and I don't because we were the drivers of the Kevin Wilson train years ago, whenever he became available. But this is a guy who, as a coordinator, has an elite track record. Remember what he did with Sam Bradford in Oklahoma 15 years ago? This is a guy who knows how to run an offense, plain and simple. He's a good to great play caller. The fact that he hadn't called plays the last couple years, stuck around at OSU, is a gigantic benefit for the Buckeyes. This is not saying, hey, let's, uh, let's let our buddy Tim Beck and Ed Warner call plays here or anything. Let's not panic about this. Ryan Day eventually is going to have to not call every play, right? Eventually, he's going to have to move more and more and more into the CEO sort of role, while, of course, being intimately involved in game planning. And you don't want to have him too far be removed from that kind of level of importance because of how good he is at it. But Kevin Wilson's an elite guy when it comes to this level of stuff. Uh I think, if anything, Kevin Wilson spent last year focusing a bit more on the O-line because they wanted to really make sure that that line was progressing the way it should. And I think they feel more comfortable with Stud doing his job, uh, making sure the line's ready to go, so he can focus a little bit more now, in Kevin Wilson's case, on calling plays. And, look, when you have a guy with that kind of track record, that kind of success as both a coordinator and then as a head coach at Indiana. Remember how terri- terrifying his teams were offensively for having no talent and no defense? So I think this is a good thing for OSU that they can turn to a guy on staff like this who has a track record
0: like Kevin Wilson's.
1: That's a big deal for Ohio State.
0: And last thing, um, speaking of offense, running back, how do you think that's going to shake out? Um, you think it's going to be like, are they going to split carries almost evenly between maybe a couple guys? Do you think one guy's going to emerge as a starter. Just how do you think, how do you see things uh, shaking out at running back for the Buckeyes this year?
1: Uh depends how Crowley's knee is going to be. To be real blunt. I thought he looked great last year when he came in early. I think we've seen some limited, very good stuff from him. But he doesn't – right now, Crowley, to me, what I'm expecting is sort of a young Mike Weber. Well, that, that was before Mike Weber developed that random breakaway speed Is last year where we just went, huh, look at that, nobody's catching him. Uh, but I do think Crowley's a tough runner. I think he's a guy who, assuming he's healthy, is going to make an impact. I think that – A lot of people aren't certain on Master Teague yet, and that's fine. But Master Teague has that top-end speed when he gets into open field. I mean, he was the fastest guy on the team last year in the 40s in springtime, outside of maybe one defensive back. And he's a guy who finished, what, sixth in the Big Ten in rushing this year? So it's not like he's a bum. Like, I think a lot of people are, are, like, contrarian to the point that they forget that Master Teague, maybe he hasn't proven himself as the running back, and maybe he wasn't great in the Fiesta Bowl. But I think this is a guy who, you know, he had some moments this year where he was really darn good. He's a big, powerful guy. So I think Teague's going to be the main guy, but I do think there's going to be a fairly spread around option this year at tailback. I think he's not going to be 90-10 like Dobbins maybe was during serious time last year. Maybe it's going to be 65-35, and I think Steel Chambers is going to have something to say about this too. Uh let, let's face it, a lot of people were, no, Steel Chambers is going to be a linebacker when he, he signed. Truth is, Steel Chambers stayed at running back because he's a pretty good running back. And I, I just won't be surprised if he makes more noise in this than people think. But at the end of the day, I think this is Master Teague's job. And I do think he's going to end up being better than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, and, I, again, there's the obvious caveat of how is Crowley's knee. And if he comes back from that healthy, then I'm pretty comfortable with the running backs. You know, we're going to throw the ball a little bit more this year than we did last year. But that's only natural whenever you have a guy like Fields, you have two elite receivers already on, on the roster, and you got all these young stars coming in. I think in the end, though, you're going to have good running backs, and I think Teague's going to be the, the majority of the carries.
0: Great insights, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can read his column every Sunday, it is the award-winning bucket of bullets. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's try that Buckeye swag, best in abandon land.